Hello and welcome to the Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm going to be talking about how Disney's collapse and how the originals of the 90s and the early 2000s were beautiful masterpieces that to this day still stand and can still be shown to your future kids or to your current kids for that matter. Also going to be talking about training, current running, uh, the competition I'll be taking place in at the end of May and just general shenanigans along the way as well as a recommendation of Cody Co's training platform as well. So go starting from there, let's start with Disney. Uh, not on a negative but on a real positive because today i don't watch any of the new stuff coming out of disney not any of the marvel since the end of endgame i knew it for me personally there's zero creativity coming out of that company and for me it's kind of sad you know even star wars to some extent has been bastardized and for me i'm more interested in star wars lore than i am actually in what's coming out of disney at the moment which is really sad to see but on a positive note for me growing up in the early 2000s i had some of the best animation coming out of that company that could possibly be given and i want to talk about the most underrated film coming out of that period of time probably ever it bombed at the time which to me just can't i can't comprehend and it doesn't make sense maybe because it didn't really hit a lot of people maybe because of the title maybe because it's an adaptation of a book that has been a movie multiple times and maybe kids just weren't willing to see it at the time but Treasure Planet I'm alluring to here for those who are waiting for it. Treasure Planet for me was someone who like a film that I could really look up to. Jim the main character was somebody as a kid I always looked to and I related to Jim on such a level. His just coming from nothing and wanting to be something and just not to be a, a screw up basically. That's all his, uh, his wants and needs were throughout the film going from you know this kid who was just flying through the air on his flying skateboard basically getting into areas that were restricted and causing havoc around his local neighborhood getting uh, cyber cops to chase after him down and uh, arrest him in front of his mum and in her tavern And then going into traveling through space to be able to find the amazing treasure planet that was accommodated by fantastic soundtrack. And it, this is a common theme throughout all of my podcasts. If you've got a good soundtrack, you're gonna really win me over because I think if you can listen in, obviously you've got to have a good story, stories, everything. But at the same time, as well as the beginning, middle and end of the storyline, having a fantastic soundtrack to accommodate that really does uh, give you the audio and the visual as well at the same time. There's also the opportunity to not treat the audience like they're dum-dums. Dum-dum. That is something that I really appreciate, is when you have a writer, a director, 
actors who are going to give you characters who you can relate to, but also aren't trying to dull it down in personality-wise, not trying to refine it, not trying to make it accommodate to current social standards. I don't know what what is about the early 90s and the early 2000s, but for some for some reason, like film, animation out of Disney, out of all, a lot of films at the time, but those Disney films, they really... They were this idea of self-improvement, that you weren't, when you were a kid, you weren't perfect, and that you could work on yourself and you could become a better one. There's so many examples. Mulan, the original Mulan, by the way. You had Hercules. You had, of course, Treasure Planet. You've got, even to some extent, a couple of Tarzan, for instance. These, I can go on. Like It just keeps going forward. They created storylines where the main character went on a journey of self-improvement. And by the end, they still weren't perfected, but they'd gone on this journey to realize who they were and that they understood the journey was the, the goal in the end. And this is something that's kind of missing from today's film industry and something that I loved about uh, Disney's ability to just create characters who were going on these journeys that you, yourself, as that kid slash teenager, you were going to go on yourself and realise that, oh, I've got to learn, I've got to accommodate to, to the world around me and I've got to really understand what's going on and try and do my best, but obviously I'm a kid so I'm still learning. And I don't know why that stopped happening. There's, there's something missing a little bit. This journey, the hero's journey, as I've referenced many a time, it seems to be that Treasure Planet, why it resonated was that there was constant um, hurdles for Jim to get over. There was always an enemy, like an enemy you didn't like, the spider crawly man. Like he, there's, a, there's a great little scene where the robot makes uh, a hand out of the spider guy. I can't even remember his name. That's crazy, but he was fantastic as well as a bad guy. This has been a fun day, huh? Making new friends like that spider psycho. Spider psycho, spider psycho. <laughs> a little uglier. <laughs> pretty close (laughs) as well as silver who was almost like an anti-hero to some extent being the bad guy and the good guy at the same time providing that father um sort of semblance of the the guy with the knowledge the guy who had something that jim didn't have and he would learn from him and he would be able to open himself up and be vulnerable and for jim whose father left him at a young age and just had his mum to raise him that was what he was missing and that's what this film's about almost is this going on this journey to discover in yourself and then if we don't even go deep it's just a fun movie if we just go on that simple level of just like oh it's a great film of you're going to see space whales. You're going to see shooting laser cannons. You're going to be shoot, seeing diving into black holes and characters nearly falling into them, or one of them of which does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then you're going to be going to loads of different planets and seeing different uh, ex- extreme environments and exciting environments and funny characters as well along the way. Uh, of course, Ben being there with his crazy mind. I, I've, I've been marooned for uh, so long. I mean, <laughs> solitude's fun. Don't get me wrong, for heaven's sakes, after a hundred years, you go a little nuts! <laughs> I'm sorry, I, my, I am, um, my name is, uh, <laughs> Ben! Of course, I'm Ben! And I don't, if you've never watched it before, you you know, 
where have you been, number one. And number two, it's like it reminds me of the animation style, a little bit of the Iron Giant, a little bit of Atlantis, that sort of vibe. Those three films actually, very, for me, they're a couple of my favorites. And they really stand out to me because they were really well animated, but they were also just kind of real, raw, um, and and fun to watch. Atlantis, I don't understand why they didn't get uh, such a good, like it didn't get any good rap when I was growing up. I remember it being thought of as a pretty shoddy film. And now, if you look at it, look at all the people online. You're talking about it, it's such a positive look and vibe towards it because the people who grew up with it, like myself, have grown up and they're like, oh crap, look at the film that we had when we were younger, look at all these stupid adults who reviewed it and said it was rubbish when it was actually a fantastic film. Uh, and I remember the, the toys that would come out, the cereal boxes that would accommodate these films. The, if you were to see any of the Disney films growing up, uh, there would be like uh, any of the cereals or McDonald's would be doing like toy figures that you would get that would accommodate the release of these films. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Like, does do cereals still do that? Do that? I've not seen them. Do cereals do the same with like Elsa? Does McDonald's do that? I've never even seen it, but it was. It feels like a, a really niche thing within the early two thousand slash nineties that kind of. I don't know why it's not happening anymore. Maybe it's just not a thing because it's too expensive to make or something on those lines. But to me, it's just like, wow, what a brilliant time to be alive. I, you know what? Something else that really comes to mind when it comes down to Treasure Planet is I'm, I'm really upset it wasn't in Kingdom Hearts. Like That would have been such a cool place to go visit as Sora and Donald and Goofy and be able to travel into this world, or worlds for that matter, and be able to explore the treasure planet, or to be able to even uh, just be on the boat, the ship, like it was uh, with Peter Pan. I really liked that idea of, uh, well, well, maybe that's probably why they didn't do it. Maybe that's why they didn't do it, because they'd already had Peter Pan, treasure planet, very similar idea of the ships traveling through sort of the air, floating through space and time. I don't know, just, just an interesting concept nonetheless. And... I, you know, each one of those films I mentioned has an amazing song that accommodates them. So if you go with Mulan, you've got um, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Let's get down to business to defeat the Hun. You've got in Tarzan a whole album made by Phil Collins that's just magnifique, just brilliant. He just timed it perfectly at that period of time. You also got within Treasure Planet, I'm Still Here.
you've got uh, with, I'm trying to think of another one as well. Um, who else is there? There was the, in Hercules, uh, I can go the distance. I am on my way. I can go the distance. I don't care how far. Somehow I'll be strong. I know every mile will be worth my while. I would go most anywhere to find where I belong. There we go. There's another one. Uh, yeah, also, Hercules has uh, Danny DeVito as friggin' Phil, which is brilliant at the time. Again, I don't understand why they're making remakes. Why don't you just create something new? I, it just blows my mind that you made Frozen, right, and it did really well. And it got really good reviews, and it got lot a big audience. You created something new, you were rewarded with it by the audience. Why not continue to make new stuff that doesn't just... Oh, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense why they're not investing in that. Like you, I see so many other smaller animation studios taking risks. And in especially if you look at the animation industry in Japan, they just are making incredible content incredible series with completely new ideas that are pushing boundaries every day i just obviously i'll continue to talk about makoto shinkai i will continue to talk about how um i've mentioned so many different series on this podcast about anime that they're all different there's no just some similarity you've got so many genres you can go into and i don't understand why disney don't do that because they created such a a vintage collection of fantastic films within the early 2000s and 90s. I mean, if you even if you go into the 1950s and 1960s and you look at Cinderella or um, Beauty and the Beast or any of those films, they're classics and they still hold up. They're still brilliant to watch. You could show them to your kids and you'd just be like, Jesus, look at this. This is brilliant. So good. But for me, it just doesn't make sense why you wouldn't try and think of something new. I mean, you've got so many people with creative... Uh, ingenious minds you can look you just look at the internet just look at the the way they the new content just being pumped out every single day all the time so in my mind there is no excuse to be able to create uh, new animation especially you know pay the animators pay them big bucks to come in and produce something new instead of thinking huh how's the safest way to make a movie it's just kind of ugh. You know, no one at Disney is ever going to watch this, but nonetheless, it is really important that, you know, if anything, you should be hoping that no one goes and watches the live action so that they get the message. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? There's an Aladdin too, so that just says everything you need to know. Anyway, moving on from Disney, uh, I really do want to emphasize as well by saying that. I mentioned Tron, and I sorry, I mentioned Treasure Planet. I didn't mention Tron Legacy. I've talked about this before. Tron Legacy is another underrated film that Disney created in the 2010s that I think really got a lackluster review, but was a fantastic film to watch from beginning to end and is definitely worth a watch if you give it the chance. Great storyline, great film in, in general, and then also a fantastic soundtrack with Daft Punk producing the entire thing. So, mwah, great. So, as well as talking about Disney, I wanted to talk about training as well. I am currently 
recovering obviously from the Brighton Marathon you know I say recovering it took me two days to get over it so not not really recovering but getting back into the training regime again and I as you can see here obviously the number's going to be back to front and you won't be able to see it and my name was also back to front but I'll be running the AJ Bell um, Great Manchester run which is the half marathon uh, coming up at the end of May and it's only a half marathon I know it's a bit of a anti-climax for those hoping for another marathon uh, no I, I'm, I'm doing a half marathon because I want to see if I can test my time I'm not sure I mean as shown within the Brighton Marathon I got a, a personal PB because of the route and because of the track and that was quite hilly not not too here at hilly but I'm kind of interested to see how well I'll perform in a half marathon that isn't done in either um, the middle of nowhere in Dorset where the hills are like up down up down up down or in Newbury where it's again kind of similar where it's just kind of hilly and I, I don't really have any flat ground in, in, in one go and a lot of these tracks are done in the idea where anyone can do them rather than uh, people like me who are nut nutcases and purposefully go for harder tracks so it's kind of I'm, I'm intrigued I'm hoping to get an hour and a half I'd love to get that that would be really uh, most likely I'll get 140 140 in my mind is just easily achievable I'll just pump it out without even really thinking out about it because I've done 145s like every other weekend without even thinking about it but one 130 135 would just be just real I think 130 would be a personal best overall uh, 135 would still be good and I think it would be a great challenge for me to go through it's going to be really tough to be able to get that continue that pace the entire time uh, but I've done serious I think competition brings out you can consider it the best or you can consider it the worst does it bring out the worst in me the darkest part of me probably so brings out that evil part that you're thinking to yourself because that's what it takes it kind of takes um you know, I'm this happy-go-lucky person 90% of the time. So I think with my exercise and my running, I, I kind of put that darker, you know, abyss into it. And I think that really helps because it means that the rest of the time I don't really feel negativity because it's just put into it so heartily. It's probably why I, I do better in these events because I have this, uh, this unconscious... Uh, Vegeta in me to, to, to just go, I am the hype! He fused with Kami so we could become stronger. The f**k's the Kami? Basically, God. But I'm still here! Do you really believe your own hype that much? I am the hype! Uh, and really go for it. And that's that's something that uh, is probably insane, probably nuts, but I don't, I don't know. Who relates to that? I don't know. It's uh, I, I can't imagine many people, even any, any listeners right now or viewers uh, relating to that. But the ability to tap into that dark side of you is uh, takes a while, takes a long time to train to get to that point, but also takes a while to be able to mentally uh, get to that point. Can you tap into it? Can you be not evil, but can you tap into the other side of yourself? Because to be able to say that you're not in some ways a bad person is worrying because that means there's not you're you haven't admitted to yourself that there's two sides to you and that to me uh kind of says a little bit of psychop psychopathy it's not a positive thing i would say actually the people who are openly okay to show that they've got two sides to themselves are more uh, I'm more likely to like them than I am somebody who only shows one side of themselves. I will always be questioning that person 
rather than uh, what I would do with the person who has this opportunity to show that they have a dark and light side. So, getting off of, of that a little bit, so I'm going to be doing that, really excited, that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks time and I'm really, the training that I do, so how I run at the moment is the same how I do the, the Brighton Marathon, almost to an extent, because with the Brighton Marathon, the increase and decrease in uh, sort of the, the distance of the running varied very widely. So at the beginning you just do a slow pace over the space of around six months with the half marathon, because I do a half marathon every Sunday basically, it's quite easy for me to wrap out the early miles. So I'll do an eight mile run on a Wednesday and then I'll do a four to five mile run on a Friday uh, and then on Sunday I'll do 13 miles. Now because I've done that over and over and over again for years, you know, it feels like it's been a good couple of years of doing this. Since 2020, I've had that sort of regime where Wednesday is a medium run, Friday is a short run, and then Saturday is a longer run. By doing so, my body's just sort of, you know, acclimatized to that. And by, you know, by having the short run for speed, having the medium-sized run for almost um, heart variation, and just really focusing in on keeping that heart rate low, and that I struggle with that, by the way, because I will go out quite hard in the first four to four miles, and that will raise the heart rate up to around 160, and then from there, getting it back down to the 140s is quite difficult. But I have a few techniques, like breathing through my nose double time, so double double breathing through the nose and then exhaling once, really does lower the heart rate down for me, and I can get that into into some sort of control. Also, not having any caffeine, like pre-workout before I run also allows me to be able to I would never do that on competition I would never do that if I was going to Manchester for instance or in Brighton I will be taking pre-workout beforehand but if I'm just doing a training session for me I I just have coffee because there's no point in me having pre-workout for it because I'm not really pushing myself I'm trying to keep that heart rate low and trying to focus in on that for instance, tomorrow, Sunday, or or today, whenever you're listening to this or whenever this comes out, uh, I will be focusing on the long distance. So I will take some pre-workout, but I won't be going over the top. I will just be taking one scoop and then going for it, and it because it contains sodium and some other minerals that helps as well. Have an electrolyte pill to kick in with it and be really change them. Something I've also realised is make sure you eat before you go for a run and time it quite well. Make sure you've got a good hour or so before you go for your run so your body can adjust to it and so that you go to the loo. One of those things is basically be very wary of uh, <laughs> pooing in the race, basically. Sorry, I know, I know. It's not, not a nice thing to say, but for all those long-term runners, you will know, you will understand that that comes in. It's very key to you. Something that I have noticed on YouTube lately as well that I, I wanted to just kind of not take the piss out of or be mean about but I don't like the fact that I see people doing I ran a marathon without training I ran a half marathon without training or I did 10 week you know I did 10 weeks of training and then I ran a marathon etc it doesn't help because a lot of these people you'll see them do it once and then never again and they'll never run again or they'll never train again and they'll just do this just for the views or just for the clicks and it's kind of really sad to me because it doesn't really doesn't show what running is all about. Running is the long term. It's the long game. It's not the short game. You don't do this for just some sort of 
comedic timing or comedic sort of play. It is about challenging yourself and it takes time. It's not something you can rush. It's like a physique, for instance. My current physique at the moment, I have to say, is probably the best I've ever put together. As you can see here on screen, the arm is looking pretty big at the moment. I've not actually measured it in a while, but it, last time I think it's like, mm, I want to say 17 inches around that, but we'll see. I'll have to measure it at some point. But it's looking pretty defined pretty well, but it takes time. You know, you, you put the reps in to get to that point. You know, it's, it's not just a boom, I will do something with no training. That's some Burt Kreischer shit right there, and I don't agree with that at all. thought your I, belly was smaller than that. I thought I was in great shape. I believe in training hard. I believe in training something as well, something that I noticed uh, at my local gym. I don't know about yours, but I'm sweating. I bring a towel with me to make sure that I'm not dripping all over the equipment. I'm making sure I'm keeping things clean. I'm being sanit you know, sanitizing things, making sure I'm wiping things down afterwards. I'm sweating because I'm training hard. The amount of people I see not like chatting, like chatting, that's fair enough if you're gonna be there for a while, but like if then if you're not training hard as well as having a chat, it oh angers me to the the, the darkness of my core. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sat there like Goggins would not be happy with this at all. Like this is a place to train. Like I get it. If you wanna be friendly, chat, that's fine, do that. But that's like minor. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to train. You're there to put yourself through the ringer. Um, and it does annoy me when people say, I don't sweat when I work out. Bullshit. You go through one of my workouts and I for shit will make you sweat. Fucking nobody has made it through it without sweating. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. And these personal trainers like doing that, I, I will kill them one at a time. <laughs> one at a time. I'll take them all out. I swear to God. Like there's no, nothing in me that kills me more. There's so many things that, um, and you know, there's there's levels to this, but for me personally, I believe your training should be harder than the event that you're going to be doing. So for instance, if you're doing a marathon, your run should be harder than the marathon. And for me, that means that when you do the event, you're mentally more, you're stronger mentally than you are when you actually do the event, which is fantastic. Same for what I'm talking about with the half marathon. I've done half marathons all the time. So for me, it's just boom, bang out another one. I don't really need to think about it. I know exactly what to do. I'm ready for it. Boom. Same with marathons. Next thing for me would be an ultra marathon. So I'd have to push myself beyond the 26 miles in training and then make sure that when it comes down to doing the 30, 30 plus, then I'd be ready for it. It's that same mindset. But people seem to be this. Oh, I really hope, I really hope that one person out there goes and searches online and sees I did a marathon in on YouTube and sees what I'm talking about and just kind of understands the, and, and it's got like, you'll see millions of views, you'll see millions of, and that means millions of people have been given this idea that it's just bang, you can just do it like that. And it's just frustrating to see because it, you won't keep it. You won't keep it. You won't keep that style of life. It's like people who take PEDs, you know, these performance enhancing drugs will not keep you in the mindset that keeps you, you know, training naturally for the whole of your life. You can sustain what you're going to do. But the amount of people I see hopping on and off that will go from one extreme to another will never be happy with their body mindset. It's going to be really upsetting for them. And it's going to be chasing something they'll never achieve. 
And so, you know, this this is kind of a, a you know, boy, I came to this podcast for something positive. My God, what have you, what have you done, what have you done? But no, I'm not saying that uh, all of these people are bad people. I'm just saying it's just kind of frustrating to see that the long game, play the long game, put yourself through tough times, put yourself through the tough things. I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. I'm saying that I'm tired of seeing people take things so lightly, so easily. It's frustrating because I know I see how hard some people train um, and it they're not given the recognition that they deserve and other people who do train and it's as if they're going for a light session. Um, I do want to go in there and just say, right, you, 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 come with me. We're about to go do some hard times so there is that but that's not the world we live in (laughs) the world we live in is a very diverse place so you can't change everyone and you can't uh, put your views on other people so it nonetheless i'm sorry about that rant that was a bill burr Burr. good morning how are (laughs) you hey what's going on it's bill burr and it's time for the monday morning podcast for monday for Monday, man, February 27th, 2023. What's going on? How are ya? <laughs> Moment right there of going on one of those rants. I've been listening to the Monday Morning Podcast far too much to be able to do it. I'm now replicating it in my mind on my own podcast. That's embarrassing. Uh, but to be able to emulate someone as amazing as Bill Burr, I will forever hope to even emulate 1% of his talent. So there is that. What else was there? There was something something I'm missing, something that I started the podcast with and now I'm uh, has, has, has lost it at the back of my head. <laughs> you in the egg? No, I just breathe. It like absolutely hurts. My skin starts... I mean, yeah. Hi. Training, eating. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I didn't really talk about it, but at the moment, if you're watching, you're able to see my shoulder to waist ratio slash uh bicep slash tricep game has gone up and i have realized that i have to train quite a bit on my arms to be able to get serious sort of results which i don't know why maybe i'm genetically uh in de- sort of directed towards smaller arms i don't know but like my triceps are well defined and my right bicep is my left bicep's really weird it's kind of veiny but just kind of there um but yeah for some reason some body parts for me i have to train a lot more so my arms my chest for instance uh i have to train like twice to three times a week to be able to get more results out of it my legs my shoulders and my my lats at the moment seem to be the ones getting all the fun fun times basically which is a weird combination of things to to do and then my abs are just always there uh because i make sure that i'm eating the right foods and and making sure that i do ab movements every day basically not loads not high repetitions just like a certain amount uh of reps so i'll do like uh, a set of 20 every before every session so 20 sit-ups then i'll do a plank uh, and then i'll be doing um chest like knees to chest uh, reverse crunches 
uh, 20 plus whatever and I make sure that they're, in, they're done in every workout and that means I'm just like maintaining my core but the real thing to be able to actually see your abs is to be able to eat in a deficit and get to a point not even a deficit just get to a point where your body fat is low so I you don't like obviously you're gonna have to deficit to get down to that point but once you're there you can sustain it by being in a maintenance that takes a whole podcast on its own to be able to talk about nutrition. I can't explain that in the space of five minutes, sadly. I wish I could. I wish I could be like in TikTok, like, here's all the information done. But sadly, that is not how my brain works, thankfully. Stay away from that application at all costs. I'm much more into the long form format, as you can tell, and I will forever be that way because I know for a fact that it's like crack cocaine. You're going to be addicted to it for the rest of your life by just the dopamine hit of just going through those reels because I love the reels as well. So it's it's very hypocritical, but it's also, you know, you got to know your own weaknesses. So I'm working on that at the moment as well. This has been a rambler of a podcast, but I hope you've enjoyed it nonetheless. Go out there, train hard, go see some old Disney films to make yourself feel better if you're feeling negative afterwards or, or beforehand and you want to hype yourself up to let's get down to business. Uh, either way, make sure that you understand that I hope you're sweating when you're working out. I hope you are pushing yourself. I hope you are making yourself proud afterwards because you'll know in the back of your head whether you've worked hard or not after a a workout and the same can be said for setting those high goals that you should be achieving because you're part of the Taylor's Tales podcast and therefore we achieve high goals and we set them high because we believe in ourselves okay and I believe in you (laughs) not to be cheesy but I think we've been down the cheesy rabbit hole far too deep by now to be able to get past that point the cringe factor is high on 10 I'm aware of this go fuck yourselves and that's the end of the podcast this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast this has been Chris's Corner I've been your host Chris Taylor welcome and I shall see you this time next week bye now I am the hype